Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 30 of the World of Sports podcast. I am your host, Diego Sandoval, joined, as always, by my co-host, Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone? Um, we got a good episode ahead of us. Episode 30, it's been 30 weeks, therefore, that's basically what it means of this <laughs> podcast, so... Pretty, pretty big, big milestone there. 30, 30 episodes. Um, today we've got our, we've got our, you know, NBA All Stars were selected. The reserves um, yesterday, I believe. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, by the way. In order to get posted on a Wednesday, a bit different. We usually go Fridays, but you know, due to circumstances, uh, we're going on a Wednesday today. Um, so we're recording on February twenty fourth. Um, the All Star reserves were announced yesterday. We're going to talk about those, give our reactions to them. Um, and then carrying on with our uh, series of top 10 at each position in the MLB, we're going to be doing first baseman and third baseman uh, today. So pretty baseball heavy episode, but for being honest, there's nothing happening in the NFL and the NBA. This was really only the big piece of news from this week. So, you know, more build up in the, into the MLB season. And uh, yeah, as always, you can follow us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at TWOS Podcast, TikTok at the World of Sports Podcast, and uh, YouTube, the World of Sports Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, drop, drop a like, subscribe, comment. And uh, yeah, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, as always, we start off with the news from around the leagues. In the MLB, Clayton Kershaw, has said that he wants to play past 2021 with the Dodgers. Uh, this is a contract year, so he's his contract's up after this season, but he has said he wants to keep playing. I think he has some left in the tank, and um, I don't see him retiring after this year, especially being, you know, top yeah, five, he's top 10 pitcher. He's not that old yet, and he's still playing extremely well, so I agree. Yeah. Um, another kind of retirement news, the MLB, Albert Pujols is undecided on his MLB future last year of contract. Um, it was kind of weird. His wife posted something. I don't know if you saw this. His wife posted something on Instagram that was like a picture of him at spring training. And it was like the last first day of, of his career. Oh. And everyone was like, wait, hold up. What? And then like, she went back and like fixed it. Cause it was, it's, he's in a contract year two. So she, she was like in parentheses, like of the contract. And so then he had to come out and be like, <laughs> chill, guys. I don't know yet. So we'll see. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he still puts up solid numbers. He's not one of the better hitters in the league anymore, obviously. But we'll see what Pujols decides to do. Um, staying in the MLB, Ian Desmond of the Colorado Rockies had opted out again uh, for the 2021 season. He opted out in 2020, um, again, due to COVID, just health and safety of his family is what he's saying. Um, I don't, the Rockies aren't going to do anything much this year anyways, so I don't think it it's that big of an impact. Um, staying in the MLB, last piece of news from baseball. Carlos Correa has given the Astros a deadline to offer him a contract extension. Uh, the deadline is opening day. Uh, so he's one of those shortstops who are in a contract year. It's, you know, Correa, Lindor, Seager, Story, all those guys. I think Baez, too. They're all in a contract year. Um, 
sounds like he wants to stay with the Astros, but he gave them an ultimatum, which is yeah, it's which not is a great sign. Yeah, um, that usually doesn't happen. Usually, you have guys that are either they want to sign right now and they're willing to whenever, or they're willing to wait and test free agency. So it's puts the Astros in a really weird position because usually when players are in a contract year, you like wait to see how they do that season, and then you decide. But Correa has kind of came out and said, listen, I'm going to play this year with you guys, but if I'm not offered a contract extension by opening day, then I'm going to be mad, which is odd. Yeah. I mean, they're still probably one of the best teams in the league, but I mean, last year was kind of a down year and then the playoffs, they kind of showed up. So they could kind of go in a couple directions here and I wouldn't really be super surprised if they let him go, but I don't know, because he's still a really good player. It's just I, I don't think this situation would happen if everything's like perfectly fine with them. Yeah. I, I if I were the Astros, I sign him. I think he's probably I mean you could argue out to very Bregman, but he was the number one pick. He's probably the guy they've wanted to build their franchise around for a long time now. And I mean he's one of the best shortstops in the game. So I don't see a reason not to sign him if he's not if he wants to stay. But, I mean, we'll see if they end up kind of caving or doing what he says and offering something by opening day. Moving on to the NBA, the Timberwolves have fired head coach Ryan Saunders and will hire Chris Finch, a Raptors assistant coach. I mean, T-Wolves are the worst team in the league right now. I think we all kind of saw this coming. Yeah, it's actually kind of a controversial subject because they didn't hire their own assistant head coach who I think was, I think he's black. So like the whole empowerment movement and everything, it's kind of just like, why would you not hire him if he's like, at least give him a chance, right? Because yeah, the everyone's talking about the Rooney rule, which is like, you have to have some people of color as coaches and it's just not working. Like people just aren't listening to it because there's yeah. really no punishment. And so a lot of players are kind of, I don't know, speaking out about it. Yeah, but this, like, why would you not just give him, like, they, they fired him and then hired the other guy, like, 15 minutes later. Like, and I would at least give him, like, a week. It's been, yeah, mid-season. Mid-season, yeah. you have to, I feel like that's almost pretty much, almost not common courtesy to the coach, but it's, like, that's just what people do. It's, yeah. like, if you, if you fire someone mid-season, you're not supposed to be, like, looking for a coach weeks in advance and have that guy ready to go. Yeah, I'd be really mad if this happened to me. And also, like, I mean, <laughs> he's like, if if you're worried about you wanted this other guy, but you're worried that the the assistant head coach would like be good, and then you can't fire him, like, yeah, then keep him. If he's good, then that's the whole point, right? So yeah, that, it's, it's a weird situation. That organization isn't in the best place right now. No. Regard, I mean, in terms of players, they've got good players. They just can't really put it together and. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think coaching is going to actually change it that much. Injuries have all obviously hurt them as well, but I don't know. Interesting kind of movement or conversation that that sparked in the in the NBA this week. Uh, also in the NBA, Kevin Durant, his return is expected before the All-Star break. Um, so, you know, he's been out however many games and the Nets have looked really good without him. Uh, like best team in the league good without him. So we'll see uh, see how they do when everyone's back because it feels like every game it's just two out of the three stars. So we'll see. Uh, he'll be back 
before the All-Star break for the Nets. Um, Marcus Smart, however, will return after the All-Star break. Um, He hurt himself, I believe it was like two weeks ago. Uh, So he'll be out after the All-Star break. That's what they're doing with a lot of these injuries. Uh, Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, they're basically saying, yeah, we'll wait till after the All-Star break and then we'll bring him back. So, yeah, those guys will be back after the All-Star break. Um, Zach Levine, uh, All-Star, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. Um, He said he probably will not do the dunk contest this year, whereas Zion Williamson said, who knows, I might. Um, this year, I believe they're doing everything in the same day. Like it's just one day, all-star weekend. Um, so it should be interesting if Zion was in an all in a dunk contest, I think that'd be pretty cool. And he'd be playing in the all-star game too. So he just right. during halftime, he does that and then <laughs> comes play the second half after. Or did they announce that they're doing it at halftime? I knew that they were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's for sure now. I want to see a Zion and jaw dunk contest. That'd be, (laughs) that would be awesome. Um, But you know, Zach Levine, the dunk contest King, one of the, one of the better contestants we've ever had in the NBA probably won't do it. I I get it. He's an all-star. He probably would rather just focus on the game. Zion Zion's all about the, he's like, why why don't you guys have hype around me anymore? Fine. I'll do the dunk contest. So We'll see. No, no other contestants or anything have been announced. So, so that, that should be news to come in the next few weeks. Uh, last piece of news from the NBA. Pau Gasol has signed with FC Barcelona in Spain. There was rumors about him coming back to the Lakers with, with Mark Gasol. Um, didn't really happen. I, I don't really think he's an NBA level player anymore. And I think most, almost all, every organization knows that. So he's going back home to Spain and playing. So good good, for him. Good for pal. Now in the NFL, a couple pieces of news again, very slow in the NFL right now. It's that dead period between the Super Bowl and the NFL draft. There's really nothing going on. Sorry, football fans. We're not going to be talking much about you in the next few, next few weeks. Um, But the Steelers have announced that they want big Ben back. And he said he is willing to rework his contract. Um, they don't really have any other option. I, they signed Dwayne Haskins, which was confusing to me, but it looks like Big Ben's back. I think if he were to come back, it was going to be for the Steelers. I don't think any other team is going to necessarily sign him. I don't think that team is built to win a Super Bowl right now, just with the way. I don't, I don't know. They were good in terms of the regular season last year, but they just didn't impress me really all season. So I don't know. Yeah. If, Big Ben coming back is going to make much of an impact. Yeah, I for him, I feel like going out that the way like the way that he did where they just got destroyed by the Browns um kind of makes me happy to say that by the way. <laughs> um like I don't I don't think anybody would want to end their career like that. So if he signs like a one-year deal, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. He said he would rework it in favor of the team. So that probably means taking less money so that they can get a free agent guy like JJ Watt. Maybe that'd be cool though. The Steelers had all the Watt brothers. I think that'd be pretty sick. They've got two out of the three right now. Um, Cowboys are optimistic and other quarterback news are optimistic that they will sign Dak Prescott to a multi-year deal. I don't understand why they haven't yet. He's clearly their franchise guy before last season, before his injury, he was putting up insane numbers like MVP type numbers and then obviously he 
broke his ankle, but I don't, they've been they've been just toying with him for the past like two or three seasons. Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna give you the extension, we're gonna give you your multi year deal, and they just keep franchise tagging him every year so that he just gets these one year spurts of money. And but I don't see why they wouldn't re-sign him at this point. I feel like Jerry Jones could do something schemey and give him less money because he got injured. I hope he doesn't. Um, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL when healthy. So I don't see any reason why the Cowboys shouldn't re-sign Dak Prescott. Eagles, also in the NFC East, um, are releasing Alshon Jeffrey. He's been there for quite a few seasons. He's just super injury prone. Hasn't done much the past few seasons due to those injuries. But he has been cut. And the Panthers are looking like the front runners or the team that's making the the kind of biggest run at Deshaun Watson right now. It would probably include include Teddy Bridgewater and something crazy like three or four first round picks. So I think that would make that team almost I don't know if they they'd probably compete with the Bucks, to be honest. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Watson. That team that offense is good if they get Deshaun Watson. But who knows? Again, Texans are being stubborn. They just are intent on keeping him even though he doesn't want to be there so please trade him (laughs) we've talked about this before i don't we don't know why but for the last like 10 episodes we've talked about it's literally it's always been a piece of news because it's always (laughs) something that to talk about it's like why are they keeping him but yeah that's the news from around the league again not much in terms of you know the nfl nba had some injury news Oh, NBA, I forgot to mention. Um, I skipped right past it. The Rockets are releasing DeMarcus Cousins. And this actually kind of has some implications. I don't know. Basically, they're releasing him. And what I saw is the quote was like they want a younger and smaller front court, I think is what exactly like what they said, which I mean, classic Rockets, small, small lineup. Um, but that kind of a lot of teams need need center help right now, especially, you know, contenders. Um Obviously, the two big names that have been thrown out for center help are the Nets and the Lakers. And the one – it was reported that the Lakers are not interested in Boogie or they're not in the running. But I know you wanted to talk about this. The Lakers are, are having some trouble right now, obviously, without Anthony Davis. And a lot of that is coming from just no no real output from the center position. Yeah, I think – well, first of all, Lakers fans are kind of bashing Marcus All. Because he's not athletic and not really an exciting because, player. Yeah, because he's not Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really not doing as bad as people are saying. But I do think they can get an upgrade. I think Montrez Harrell's a very good backup, one of the best backups in the league. So I think that's kind of solid. But um, I think a trade that they could do would be to get someone like Hassan Whiteside who is playing like eight minutes a game nights for the Kings. He's not getting anything for them. Yeah. Like I know last game, he literally just didn't play and he's on a minimum contract. So like, I don't know, throw a Marcus all in a second rounder. And that's better than literally nothing for the Kings and Hassan Whiteside, I think could be a very solid center for them. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're going to get boogie just because the reports have kind of said that either like he's not interested or it's just unlikely. Um, but I do think that's it's interesting where he will go because, like, if he signs with the Nets, that's like really scary, man. Because we've seen <laughs> e- even this season, we've seen what Demarcus Cousins can do with starter minutes. 
I get, yeah. And yes, he'd be the fourth option on that team, but I mean, still, he's a good rebounder, good defender. Like he'll he'll do what he needs to do on that Nets team. It's better than DeAndre Jordan, right? So there's a market for Demarcus Cousins, absolutely. Um, and we will see. No, no reports have come out in terms of like who he's talking with or anything like that. So we'll we'll obviously update you guys with that and. If he does go to a solidified contender, that could change some things up in terms of the the playoff race and just standings in general. Now that's all we got from the news. Um, Let's move on to our first segment, and that is the NBA All-Stars. We talked about the starters last year, and we predicted our reserves or gave who we thought deserved reserves. Deserved reserves. Nice. Um, We were right about some of them. We were wrong about some of them, you know. How 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 life goes. Um, in the East, just to list them off, we had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Julius Randle, a lot of J's there, Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and in the West we had Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, and Paul George. So let's start in the East. Um, also, I mean, start in the East. The snubs. The, or the people that kind of were on the fringe, um, DeMontis Sabonis, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo. The one that got kind of, I, I don't know if it got hate, but it, it got talked about a lot was the Vucevic pick. Not a lot of people had him making the All-Star game, and he's putting up All-Star game numbers. So, I mean, it was an inter- interesting situation. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't put him as mine. I know you didn't either, but I think he, he deserves it. There was just a lot of players that deserved it. Yeah, I I do think Sabonis should have been in there over Vucevic just because they have pretty similar numbers. But Sabonis is, I think, the fourth seed in the East. Yeah, and Vucevic, I don't know if they're in the playoffs. Um, and I mean, if you didn't, if you swapped those two, Vucevic was a snub. So, right. like, there's really no winning here, but I do think Sabonis deserved it over them. Um, the, magic, the Magic are the 12 seed, 13 yeah. and 19. But what that's, like, probably, like, a half game out of the eighth or something. Because <laughs> yeah, the East yeah. is so insane. It's it's two. Two out of the eighth, one and a half out of the tenth, which is the play-in. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Trey Young was another big one that a lot of people liked. Mm-hmm. I, he's putting up crazy numbers, but also, like, you can argue that it's kind of empty stats right now, considering how bad the Hawks are. They just lost to the Cavs, by the way, last game. The Cavs just snapped <laughs> their 10-game losing streak. So, yeah, that's that's super exciting for a Cavs fan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah he – Trey um, Young was putting up great numbers, and I think that's the main reason why is people were basically going off the numbers. But the coaches and the players, they had they had their – they're saying they thought that, you know, that didn't mean that much. Obviously, it means he's a great player, but it, it doesn't mean much when he's on a team like the Hawks. Yeah, and also the coaches, like you said, they vote on this stuff, and Trey mm-hmm. Young has been getting a lot of hate so far this year because of the way he's, like, jumping into people to draw fouls and stuff. It's probably <laughs> it's probably worse than Harden has ever done at this point. Wow, that's bold. Like, like this year – Harden Harden is really smart with the way he does it. So like he'll wrap his arm around or whatever. Trey Young is he's, small and just yeah, just like 
he just jumps into people who are like standing straight up and then they get a foul call. Yeah. So he's getting a lot of hate for that. Harden. He's so good at that. Like he, like you can hate how he plays, but he's so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Like he, he knows how to get fouls. He knows how to get open. He knows he's one of the best pure scorers in the league. Um, which is why obviously he's an all-star, but that was a no brainer. Um, yeah. That's really all there was for snubs. You could Chris Middleton has been having a very good shooting season. He always has good shooting seasons. Um, I don't know. He just wasn't really putting up the numbers, I think, compared to the other guys. And then Bam Adebayo was the other one. Um, I don't know. You had him on your list. I know that. Yeah. I I had him on my list, but honestly, like looking over it, I, I do think that Julius Randle deserved it over him. So – I do think he's still a snub, but like if you put him in over him, I feel like that's more of a snub at this point. So I kind of agree with that one. Yeah. Randall Levine. Um, is Vucevic first time all-star? Uh, I think so. Those Maybe are your... he, he was one more time. I'll check. I know Randall and Levine for sure are first time all-stars. So congratulations to them. Levine definitely deserved it. There was talks maybe just because he was on the bulls, he wouldn't get it, but I think he's having one of the best shooting guard seasons in the NBA right now. So shout out Zach Levine. Um, Julius Randle's looked really good in his role with the Knicks. We talked about Julius Randle last week. Go check it out if you want. Now in the West, arguably had the biggest snub um, this year. I think it is the biggest snub. It's been talked about um, plenty of times throughout the NBA. LeBron talked about it. I know Damian Lillard talked about it. CJ McCollum, I think, said something about it. Devin Booker was not voted into the All-Star game. Um, I mean, he will he get it? Is are they do like AD's not playing in it, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I think am he gets 90% in, right? sure he's gonna be in there over AD because of the injury replacement. The only thing is would they replace him with a forward or does it matter that i think ad is like one of those wild card spots oh so, like so you can the do position anybody. doesn't matter yeah so yeah booker will get that i think pretty clearly um especially after what players have kind of said about him um but i think the main problem people had was chris paul over devin booker and we talked about this last week i had chris paul you had devin booker um i thought that his impact was felt more so that you know that vaults him into an all-star position but obviously Devin Booker is the number one guy on one of the better teams in the west right now yeah like we said before it's the coach's decision and I think they like understand how Chris Paul is literally like the best coaching player while he's also still a player that's probably in the league right now Um, so I know that he gets a lot of respect from them and I understand why he's in there I think he deserves it too Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's just like the fans like if you're being honest, people watch the Suns usually to see Devin Booker over Chris Paul just because he's an exciting young player. Right. Uh, but I think they both deserve it, and I just really hope Booker gets in from the injury replacement. And mm-hmm. I think maybe it would have been better if they kind of announced, like, AD will not be playing, so Booker's in there already just because yeah. people are, like, It, w- it would make that. people happy. Yeah, but it's just sad because like Booker's argument against him being an all-star has always been like, Oh, they're not winners. And he's putting up these empty stats and now he's like, they are. Yeah. They're like the fourth seed and he's still putting up these stats and he's not in there. Right. But I'm pretty sure he's going to get there after the injury replacement. So I'm not too worried about it. 
Yeah, he should. Um, the other kind of snubs in the West, um, Brandon Ingram was talked about a little bit, but looking back on it, I had Brandon Ingram, but if we're being honest, the Pelicans don't really deserve two All-Stars. Um, DeMar DeRozan. I know you like DeMar DeRozan for this. A lot of people like DeMar DeRozan in our TikTok that we posted. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. You know more about DeRozan than I do. Yeah, he's putting up great numbers, and the Spurs are doing a lot better than they're supposed to be doing. So that's why I had him. But you'd kind of have to put him there instead of Chris Paul. So it's a snub either way. If another guy gets injured, I would expect DeRozan to get put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do need snubs in this, so you can't really make all the people happy, but you know, yeah. either way it, it's, yeah, either way, some, some guys getting in and other guys getting snubbed. So there you go. Yeah. Um, that's all we got. I think, I think that's all we really need to say about that. Um, the all-star game is going to take place. What is it? The first week of March, second week of March, something like that. Something like that. Hopefully. I mean, we'll see. LeBron LeBron and Durant have to draft their teams. As of right now, there hasn't been any more pushback. It seems like players want to do it all of a sudden. I, I still don't understand why it's <laughs> happening, to be honest. Because, I mean, I saw the whole thing. Like, I think Zach Levine had something where, I don't know, they, they did. He talked with his family about it or whatever, and he was like, yeah, we're going down to Atlanta. Everyone's excited. And he's like, okay, like, we're doing this. So we'll see. Still a lot of details, I think, that need to be kind of given to the public. We don't really know anything except for that there's an all-star game and looks like a dunk contest and a three-point contest, maybe a skills challenge. I don't See, I don't really know. Like, it's, There's just so many things up in the air about it. Obviously, it's going to be different than most years, um, but we'll see. So that segues us perfectly, seamless segue. Into the MLB. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got I got some news real quick. Oh, we got news. We um, got news. Apparently, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has lost forty two pounds over the off season. <sighs> so that is that is very impressive. Speaking of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., there's your segue, dude. Yes. <laughs> um, he's a third baseman. We're going to be talking about our top ten first baseman and third baseman right now. Um, we're going to start off with first baseman. We have done pitchers and catchers already. If you want to see those, pitchers was two episodes ago. Catchers was last episode. Um, start off with our first baseman. Um, how we usually do this is we go back and forth with our picks, um, starting off with honorable mentions. So my first or my two honorable mentions, we'll just go with my two, are Trey Mancini of the Orioles and Josh Bell of the nationals. Um, Mancini is an interesting situation because he just, he's coming back this season. He missed all of last season. He had cancer, but he's fine now. So big ups to Trey Mancini. Congrats on coming back. Um, he hit 35 home runs in 2019, but I really do think that there's a huge question mark around if he can return to that having cancer is a lot different than an injury. And we really don't know because this doesn't really happen ever. Um, so we'll see how he bounces back. I, I couldn't put him in the top 10 mainly because of that. Um, and then my on- other honorable mention is Josh Bell. 
new 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 team. He's with the Nationals. I think that'll help him a lot. Obviously, with the Pirates last year, they were just terrible. Um, and I think he's going to do well with the Nationals. But he, he broke out two seasons ago. I think he was an all-star. And last year, he did all right. Batted two, two, 226, eight home runs, 22 RBIs. Um, I think he'll probably take a jump going to the Nationals. But he's not quite top 10 for me. Yeah, so my honorable mentions, I had Josh Bell in there too. Uh, and then the second guy was Carlos Santana. Uh, I am an Indians fan, so I he's do the- have a special place in my heart for him. But he is on the, I think the Royals the now Royals, he got traded. Think, yeah. Um, but he is probably one of the best um, defensive first basemen in the league. And also he's a really interesting player because like he's led the league in walks a few years and he's been a power hitter some years, but also he's kind of like very inconsistent with that last year. He had a really down year, but also it's 60 game season. So you can't really completely judge from that. And from those, I couldn't really put him in my top 10 because of that bit, but like he's hit 30 home runs like four times in his career. And I think he could have a bounce back year like that. Um, He batted 280 two seasons ago with a 397 on base percentage. So that just shows he's getting walked like once or twice every 10 at bats, which is just wild. Um, So yeah, I put him in there. didn't feel like he's a top 10 player, but he's still very solid. Yeah. Who you got at 10? Okay. uh, My 10 is Reese Hoskins. Hey, you got him there too. Yeah. He's my, he's my 10 as well. All right. Uh, He kind of, his rookie year was sort of his best year so far where he like at least showed what he could, he could do. And then a couple years after that, he's been very solid, but his batting, his, his uh, batting average has been kind of like lowering from that, but he's mainly a power hitter. Uh, He's hit 34 and 29 home runs the last two seasons, other than the 60 game season last year. Uh, So yeah, power hitter. And he's been very solid for them, for the Phillies. Uh, He walks a lot too. He led the league with walks at 116 two seasons ago. So yeah, he's getting on base and power hitter at first base is kind of what you want. So I think he fits Mm -hmm. that role very well. Um, Yeah. Um, I had him at 10. Uh, You could argue he's, I don't know. I don't the, The main thing that I look at for him is he's a power hitter that can get on base a lot. And I think that's the perfect recipe for a first baseman. Um, in the MLB, you don't first baseman can be decent and on defense and get by, but the bottom line is, like you said, you put up the home run numbers, and then if he can walk a lot and get on base a good amount for for the Phillies, um, I think he definitely is deserving of a top ten spot. Number nine is an interesting one. I have Brandon Belt at nine. I did um, too. Okay. Uh, he, he, he had a really good season last year, and I feel like he really flew under the radar. Part of that is because he was on the Giants who, you know, they were they were close to a playoff spot for some reason, but they didn't end up making it. He hit 309 last year, nine home runs, 30 RBIs, a war of 2.1. He's always been solid at first base. Um, I don't – he's got he's in a weird situation. I think the, the Giants are probably thinking of moving on either either this season or the next um but yeah i have brandon belt here he's been one of the better defensive first basemen in the mlb in you know his his career he's never won a gold glove but he's just been solid overall 
Um, and he'll put up the, the the solid numbers that you really need out of a first baseman. Yeah. I had him there too. So basically everything you just said, I agree with. Um, at number eight, I have Matt Olson. Dude, did, did we put, did we have the same list? I think we have the same list. Dope, dope, dope. All right. This is happening again. <laughs> I think, I think at the top will probably be a little different. So yeah, I bet. There we go. Uh, he had a very down year last season. He only batted 195, but every year other than that, other than his rookie year where he played 11 games, he's batted mid to high uh, 200s and he's a very good power hitter. And also he's won the gold glove two out of the last three years. So I would say probably one of, if not the best defensive first baseman. Um, and like you said before, you need a power hitter and a good first, good defensive first baseman is like a perfect mix. Uh, he gets on base sometimes. I mean, the power hitter is basically what you're getting from him. So he's going to hit a lot of home runs, get a lot of RBIs and play good defense. So yeah, that's kind of what you want. Another guy that isn't talked about a lot because he's an, an Oakland athletic. Nobody likes to give media coverage to the A's for some reason. Um, but yeah, basically everything you said, the reason why why he's this high for me, I think he's he hovers 10 slash 11 if, if not for his glove. But he is so good defensively that he deserves to be up here at, at, at eight. Number seven, it's I think is one of the most intriguing players to watch this year, and that's Pete Alonzo. You have Pete Same. Alonzo here? Yep. <laughs> Dude, we're about to this, – this Instagram graphic about to go hard and we have the same list. Um, Pete Alonzo, you know, his, his rookie season obviously came out and was just an absolute monster. He broke the, the rookie home run record. Um, and, you know, he's going to give you those home runs, but the, the issue is the batting average and how, how, how well he can actually, you know, get on base effectively because, you know – he hit 231 last year, which, I mean, isn't terrible. But out of a guy that gets up that much hype and can hit 50-plus home runs a season, um, you expect a little bit more. Um, I think if he's able to, to hit for average or on base percentage a bit more, I think he's higher on this list. But just because his game is pretty, like, one-dimensional at this point, I, I think he's number seven. Yeah, I, I like this spot for him because, like, if he his rookie year, he put up 53 home runs. So I don't think there's any reason to doubt that he can, like, replicate that. And if you're getting 50 home runs from your first baseman, that's that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good spot. Look out for the um, Mets, dude. Yeah. Um, are we six now? Six, six. I got Anthony Rizzo. Okay. That's a different one? Okay. Perfect. So Rizzo – he's kind of been a little bit underrated. I feel like the last couple of years when the Cubs were in the hunt for the world series and then eventually won it, he was probably regarded as the second best player on that team, but like pretty close to Chris Bryant. Um, and he's won four of the last five or four of four gold gloves in the last five years. So he's playing fantastic defense and he's also finished in like top in MVP voting, like four years. Um, he hits for very good average some years. Last year, he didn't have a great season, but before that, he's betting like 280, 290 for the last last bunch of years, and he also hits home runs. So this is like he's a perfect first baseman. He gets on base a lot. He gets walked. Interesting stat is he's led the league in hit by pitches 
Oh, he gets hit years, so often. Which is really weird. He does have a weird like batting stance. So he, that's, he's up. That might he be crowds why. the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hey, any way you can get on base. And I, I'm I'm sure you have him higher than this. So I think you agree that he's a very solid player. Um, but yeah, Anthony Rizzo, I think he's very underrated right now. Yeah. You're gonna get some love from the Dodger fans because I got number six, Max okay. Muncie. <laughs> um very down year last year. Um, he hit 192, 12 home runs. Um, but I mean, the two years before he hovered 250, 260 and was able to hit 35 home runs, which is great. Um, but I just, I don't know. As a Dodger fan, I watch a lot of Max Muncy. He walks a lot. Uh, he looked really good in the postseason last year. I just can't put him above Anthony Rizzo, who I have at five, who I guess I'll just say what I say what I want to say about him because you pretty much hit on everything but Max Muncie I think I'm gonna need a bit more than two seasons of consistency from him just to put him in the top five I think he's a great one of the better power hitters in the league one of the better power hitter first baseman obviously I have him at number six um, I just after last season it kind of worried me a little bit to see how how consistent he will be because Max Muncie's story is he was terrible on the A's, got cut, came to the Dodgers, kind of just absolutely broke out two seasons. And last year he, I don't want to say fell back down to earth because I still think he has the 35 home run capability in him. Um, I just need to see it again and maybe a couple more seasons to put him consistently top five. Anything yeah, to top, I mean. Yeah, you can go ahead. Do you have him at five? I, yeah, I had him at five. I just. Okay put him there i thought that you would explain that like well i i know that he has been very inconsistent at least last year in the first couple of years but like the last two years before that he put up 35 home runs and yeah, not he, even playing every game so that's kind of why i put him there was because like for what like the opportunity he has had those years he's done so well but i mean i i also agree anthony rizzo's right there too so i think they're close uh, yeah. i just have the main reason and this gets into my number five, Anthony Rizzo, is the defense. I think he is arguably the best. I think he's probably the best defensive first baseman in the league. Um, like you said, three out of the last, what, three gold gloves? Three out of the last five or something? something I think like it's that. four out of four, the last three five. Out of the, or, oh, yeah, four. Jeez. Um, yeah, and, and also three straight. Um, he's, he's so good defensively and overlooked. That Cubs team is – kind of in a rebuild they're really not sure what they're doing they're they're in this weird middle ground but he, he he's always so solid at first base he's always a guy you can count on and like you said down year last year but before that one of the best offensive first basemen in the league so I have Anthony Rizzo at five so my four is Luke Voigt I think we probably have the the, the same top four maybe okay Luke Voigt is my four as well yeah so it's really weird to call a Yankees player underrated, but I feel like that's what Luke Voigt is. There's so and much star like, power on that team. Yeah. He doesn't really get the attention he deserves because when he's been given the opportunity, he's done so well. And last year, only playing 56 games, he had 22 home runs. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's insane. And he's like over his whole career, he's been pretty consistently hovering around like a 900 OPS, which is very impressive. That's very good. Uh, he's batting in the Yankee stadium, which does help, but he, the power is there. And yeah, like you said, he could be a star in this league. 
he is 29 years old, but like, I don't see why he would have a down year next year. Uh, when given the opportunity, he's done so well. So I'm really excited to see what he does in a full season mm-hmm. next year. And that Yankees team can be scary if they put it all together, but we just haven't seen that yet. But yeah. I think next year might be it. Yeah. Luke Voigt is up there with his teammates, Judge and Stanton, basically. There's other guys, too, as one of the best pure power hitters in the MLB. That man just hits home runs. Like, 22 in a shortened season, that's like, it's a, like one every that's other a, game. That's a good year in a 162-game season. So, you can't really argue with those numbers, with those home run numbers. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um. So, yeah, he, he, he's number four. Number three, guy who's been overlooked just because I feel like he hasn't really gained his footing in the, on the Cardinals yet is Paul Goldschmidt. Um, you know, he, he's always been one of the best defensive first basemen in the league. Um, when he was with the D-backs, he won, what, one, two, three gold gloves? Four? Four gold gloves? No, three. Um, and – his offense is consistently there. He hits 300 plus. He was 304 last year. Uh, only six home runs. Um, but I think those numbers definitely go up. And I mean, obviously he's not gonna hit six home runs next year, but you know what I mean. Like relatively, I think he's gonna he's gonna take a step forward this year. I think having Arenado to protect him in that lineup is gonna help a lot. Um, and I think Paul Goldschmidt is consistently a top three first baseman in the MLB. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his his numbers are crazy. It's it's like he had a down season last year because people don't talk about him, but he did not like at all. He batted like 304. So he's consistently just been so good. Um, my number two guy, I'm pretty sure we have basically the same list. It's Dude, Jose had, Abreu. We had one difference. Yeah, and it could have I could have easily changed it to yeah, what yeah. to what we had. <laughs> um, so Jose Abreu. I don't know why all these guys are underrated, but <laughs> I feel Jose like Brady, he is too. Yeah, he literally won MVP last year. And it's and like nobody's talking about him. <laughs> I don't know why. But like look at his stats over his entire career. They're crazy. He's ridiculous. He's led the league in RBIs the last two years. He consistently gets a hundred plus every year, uh, batting like 300 with a slugging of like 900. Last season, we played him a lot as as the Indians, and it seemed like he got on base every single time. And, like, in the clutch, he did it too. Uh, played all 60 games, led the league in hits, RBIs, slugging, total bases, uh, and he won the MVP. Um, so He is so good at every aspect of hitting. Yeah. Now, he – I mean, you could argue he's – not there defensively, but it literally cancels. Doesn't matter when he hits like he hits. He hits for average. He gets on base. He hits for power. He drives runs in. He literally does everything. That man gets so many RBIs, and he's part of the reason that White Sox team is where it is right now. He's part of that whole developing crew. You know, we're going to talk about them later. But, you know, he, is, he, he has been such a consistently – great hitter in the MLB for pretty much his entire career. Um, And the only reason why he's number two is because the guy at number one is ridiculous. They're both ridiculous, but the guy at number one just a little bit more ridiculous. And that's Freddie Freeman. We both have him at number one. 
everybody should have him at number one. Um, again, an underrated first baseman. Until this season, he started getting his respect for sure, and winning MVP obviously helped with that. But he had always been a guy that hits 320 to 340 every season. And it's like, why are we not talking about Freddie Freeman? And it, he drives in runs, 53 RBIs last year. Last year, he had a 1,102 1, OPS. That's that's very good. Um, that's insane. That's very good. A 462 on base percentage, dude, from a first baseman. <laughs> first basemen are supposed to just hit home runs. Freddie Freeman is so good. Like His, his like – the way he attacks the ball is like different than everybody else that I've ever seen. It's just, his swing is so like, it's, it looks almost weird, but it just, he hits the ball so hard every yeah. time. And he, like he batted three forty one last season. Mm-hmm. That's he was, crazy. Yeah. As a Dodger fan. And I mean, most baseball fans watched that NLCS last year between the Dodgers and Braves. I got so scared every time he was up to bat. Because it's like, oh, this guy's going to put it over the right field porch easily. Because that's just what he does. He just hits. He rakes. And he's first baseman. Big guys in the MLB are usually the guys that kind of rely on home runs. But he can really do anything. He can pepper it everywhere on the field. And I don't think there's really a a debate as to whether or not Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman. Yeah. And he's won a gold glove in his career. I mean, he's good there too um so that's what we got for our first baseman we have one difference and it's by one spot <laughs> for two the same two guys it's weird i put the dodgers guy ahead of you but it is, it is interesting but you know you know not not, not too much of a homer <laughs> um so yeah that instagram graphic is going to be banging with that one difference um now on to the third baseman there are some very good third basemen so in the MLB. Good. Like five guys who could be like MVP candidates. Like that's ridiculous. Five guys that are pretty consistently. Yeah. So, I mean, should be interesting. There's a lot of different ways to talk about third baseman because that's such an important defensive position and there's so many good defensive players at third. So I'm interested to see. There's also some guys that are kind of like, where do you put them? You know, um, so I think that I think this list will have a bit more differences than first base. At least I hope I like to talk yeah, about it. I think otherwise it it's just us talking about stats. <laughs> All right. Who are your honorable mentions? I'll let you go first. OK, my honorable mentions. This one I was really confused about. I didn't know where to put him, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm. And uh, Josh Donaldson. Josh mm. Donaldson could have easily been in the top 10, too, but. I put them there for, first of all, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's obviously one of the most like hyped up prospects we've had in a while. He just lost what 42 pounds, like we said earlier. So maybe that'll change it. Um, He's a power hitter, but he really hasn't been able to get it going in the league so far. He's batted 270 and 260, which is not bad at all. But like the hype that he got is kind of like the reason he was so popular and just how good thirst third baseman are in the league right now i can't put him in my top 10 yet but it would not surprise me at all if he gets in there and later in his career if he's not in there i will be very surprised um for josh donaldson i'll pull up his stats real quick he has consistently been like 
one of the best in the league for a lot of years, but then sort of in the later half of his career, it's been kind of down. Um, his last two seasons have actually been pretty good. He's a power hitter, obviously, um, but he's been a little inconsistent, like I said. Last season, he actually hit 37 home runs, which is very impressive. Um, and basically, like, people know him because of when he was on, like, the Blue Jays. He was so good. Um, but, yeah, he could he could be in there again. I think his just – the batting average that he's had sometimes, like, he bats very low 200s a lot of the, a lot of the seasons. Mm -hmm. So I can't put him in there. Well, actually, I could, but I don't have him in there just because of how good other people are. Yeah. Um, but – if he's in there for yours, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, my honorable mentions, it, it, there's so many good third basemen. Um, two guys that are like my my honorable mentions are Josh Donaldson um, and Gio Urshela of the Yankees. Um, Donaldson, he would be top 10 if it weren't for injuries. Uh, he, he was kind of injured last year, and I'm not sure how he's going to bounce back. Um, but like you said, he, he can if he can still hit 35-plus home runs, I, I think he could get into the top 10. Absolutely. But I just think the, the injuries and the getting older is putting him just outside the top 10 for me. And Gio Ursula, again, he's one of those guys you kind of talk about it with Vlad who definitely could be top 10 come end of the season or next couple seasons. He's just so young last year. He hit 298, um, 858 OPS, six home runs, 30 RBIs. He looked good for that Yankees team. He's one of those young Yankee hitters that I feel like they always have one or two just super young guys that hit. Um, I just – I can't put him at 10 quite yet. And one guy I just wanted to mention is Yoan Moncada. Um, he's not in my top 10, but I think he's close. Just – he, he looks so good his rookie season. Last year he took a step back. Again, one of those guys that I think is it's too early to call. Yeah, he had that one season that was just insane. But other than that, it's kind of been a little bit down. So, yeah, I, I didn't really know where to put him e either, but he, he could be another honorable mention. Yeah. Who you got? Um, so my 10, I do have Giovanni Urshela. He was on the Indians his first couple seasons, and I did not see him becoming what he is now. Um, when he went to the Yankees, he just broke out and – the average that he has, he had, he batted 314 his first season and 298 his second. He gets on base a lot and he is probably one of the most underrated defenders at third in the league. He is so good at defense and his arm is so strong. It's like crazy to watch him throw. Uh, he makes diving plays. Third base is like a really important position defensively. So it's great to have him there. Uh, you talked about him earlier, so I'm not going to cover too much, but he did hit 21 home runs a couple seasons ago and then six on the shortened season. So I could see him doing that again. Uh, not the power hitter that some of the other guys on this list are, but he's very solid there. Yeah. My 10, you talked about him. I got Vlad. Now I understand. And he, he's, he's, he's close top 10 to, with Gio. I think that's who I would, if it weren't him, I'd flip them to, but I'm banking on him having a breakout season and breakout is a weird word to use because he's so hyped up. So, I mean, I think he's going to take a big step, I guess is the right thing to say. Um, I think having Springer in that lineup and then I think Bichette's going to get better. I think Biggio is going to get better. I think having that protection around him um, is going to help him a lot and kind of let him drive in more runs. 
that offense was all right last year. Um, I think it's going to be a lot better this year. And we've seen, we saw him in the home run derby and I know that's different than hitting in the MLB, but he's a guy that can hit 40, 50 home runs in a season. He's just got raw power. Um, and don't sleep on him at third base either. He, he has a phenomenal arm. Um, he's he, he, he last year, I think last year is rookie year. He was making those plays deep in the hole doing that Machado arm, whatever you want to call it. Um, great defender. Um, and a guy that can hit 40 to 50 home runs. I, I'm, I have him at 10. So my number nine guy, it's sad that I'm ranking him this low, just give how good he used to be, but I got Chris Bryant there. Uh, I could see him a little higher, but he's been kind of slowly going down over his career. It's weird that he like had his best seasons his first couple of years. Uh, he has been a little bit injured. Last season, he was very injured. Uh, he only played basically half the half the games, but he did bat 206. Um, his last few seasons before that, he was an all-star in 2019, but his stats weren't crazy. Uh, he consistently gives you like, the 20-ish, 30-ish range of home runs. So that's very solid there. Uh, he walks a little bit. He strikes out a ton. Uh, so he doesn't put the ball in play a lot, which is definitely not a great thing. Uh, it's weird because I feel like he was one of the top third basemen just a few years ago, but he's just not really shown that the last few seasons. So that's why I don't have here him here. It's just, I don't know where the consistency went, but I, I think it definitely is partly because of injuries. He's such so. a weird player to rank. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant is not my nine. My nine is Eugenio Suarez. Um, the home runs are there, but not much else is. But those home runs, I think, vault him into the nine spot, which, which you know, that shows how, how good he is on the power, power side and the RBI side. So – there's not much else to really talk about with him. He he kind of almost burst onto the scene a couple years ago when he hit some crazy amount of home runs. I think he hit – what did he hit? He hit 49. 49. Yeah, he hit 49 twos. I mean, he hit 34 the year before, but that really was – everyone was like, whoa, Eugenio Suarez, what are you How doing? How was he not an all-star that year? <laughs> I, I don't know. But – and then he carried on 15 home runs last year, which is great in a shortened season. Um, so I think he continues with the home run numbers, but again, he's, he's nine because I don't think he does much other than the home run numbers. Yeah. So I had him at eight and I, I had, I had Brian at eight. So, okay. That's perfect. Yeah. I, Eugenio, I mean, the power is just like insane from him. So yeah, like you said, that's what he does, but I just think because he's been better, like recently instead of Chris Bryant, that's why I had him there, but those can definitely get get swapped so that's perfect yeah um, um for bryant um uh, i don't know he, he he's an mvp winner like it, it's crazy to think of the the, the absolute drop off of him and i mean he's he's only been in the league for six years like you i don't know my my thinking is that there's no way he's just going to be on a steady decline for the rest of his career i i think yeah. he I, I don't i don't i'm not going to say he's going to return to MVP, Chris Bryant. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I got to think that he's going to 
something's going to click again and he's going to, he's going to be back to a, a really good third baseman. Yeah, I hope so. Um, my number seven guy, I got Matt Chapman. Uh, this might be low, but he has been a little bit. What did you have a lot higher? <laughs> His defense is basically the best in the league other than one guy I'd say. And the fact that he's not the best defensive third baseman just shows how good the other guy is. Uh, he has hit 36 home runs, 24 home runs the last two seasons before that, before this one, uh, he's got the power there, the defense, like he's, he's saving runs basically is what he's doing. Uh, he's finished top in MVP voting the last two years with gold gloves also. So like he's been consistently so good. Um, and his slugging has been like 800 ish. So he's got the power there. He just, his average hasn't really ever been super high. So that's kind of why I have him low. It's because some other guys just hit so well. Um, but yeah, he was injured last season. So I kind of give him sort of a pass for that, but consistently he hasn't really been able to bat really that, that well, at least for average wise. Um, but he could be higher. I I'm guessing you have him higher. <laughs> oh, do I have him higher? <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about Matt Chapman later, but that is, disrespectful Logan. all right now my number seven is justin turner you're gonna get a lot a lot of dodger fan love um on these two <laughs> positions here justin turner he consistently hits for average the the home run numbers have been all right i, I think they're they're on the decline which i mean happens as players get older but he, he's still a great third baseman he's really solid defensively um as a dodger fan obviously i watch him and i know his impact is a lot more than just what he does on the field in terms of statistics um but i don't know he's great in the playoffs again the the top seven are all phenomenal third basemen at least in my list so i mean i'm not bagging on any of these guys by putting one lower than the other i i just think that some people are better than others but justin turner has pretty consistently been one of the better offensive third basemen in the league while having pretty underrated defensive years um he's always it's always the talk it's like he he could be a gold glove candidate if it weren't for that guy named nolan arenado so it's like (laughs) um But yeah, I think Turner's great. He's very consistent, and I have him at seven. Yeah, so I had him at six. I don't know if you put another guy there, but um, I'll move on to to five, I guess. And this oh six, six, six. Let me get six. Let me get six. Okay. Alex Bregman is my wow. number six. Yep, yep, yep. I wow. did it. Now, now here's the thing about Alex Bregman. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the MLB. Wow. Now, yes, he, he he played well in 2019, 2018, obviously. Got to remember they were cheating, and I'm not going to let that go because <laughs> they were. They were openly cheating. They've, they've literally said 2017 through 2019, we were doing stuff we couldn't do. So I take that with a grain of salt. I get why people kind of say, oh, my God, he's so good. Um, he's just never really impressed me. I know, I know he did well in 2019 and don't the numbers are there. No, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great third baseman. I just think that these five guys ahead of him are better. Um, 
you probably have more to talk about with Bregman. I just, I don't know. He's, he's solid. He's, he's obviously a great offensive hitter. I just think these other guys are better than him. I'm surprised he went that low for you, but I guess I had Matt Chapman too low for you. So that's it. I'm glad we got some, some differences. Um, he's not actually my number five guy. And this is surprising, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for Don't this probably. It. You're going to do it, aren't you? I'm going to do it. I'm putting Manny Machado at you. five. Wow. <laughs> and I'm surprised you're defending this because I know you hate him too. I hate him, but he's so good. I think he's a little overrated, to be honest. Uh... And, yeah, I mean, you can you can hate me for that. But he really – he's been consistently one of the best third basemen but I don't think he's been consistently the best third baseman. And some of the other guys I feel like have had better seasons than, than him consistently. Um, last season, he was insane. He finished three, third in MVP voting. He batted 304 with a 950 OPS. He puts up power numbers. He hit 16 home runs in 60 games last season, so very impressive. He consistently gives you RBIs. He gets on base. Um, it just – it shows me how how stacked the third baseman position is if I put him at five. And I do think that I, I put a, a one of one of these guys a little too high just because of how much I like him. But I think that the, the consistency is what what is different for me, where he has had down years where his down years are like batting 260, so they're not bad. But, I mean, that's why defensively, one of the best third basemen in the league there's so many good defensive third baseman. His arm is crazy. Like you said, he has that like play where he goes to his right and then throws like off balance and somehow gets it there. Um, I understand if you have him higher, this is my list. So I put him there. It's partly probably because I don't like him, but he's there for me. I think I'm value. I, I, I really value defense at the third base position. And I think part of it is I'm valuing it a bit more than you are, but I, I'll talk about Machado later, but my number five is Matt Chapman. Um, I think we're watching him and Arenado. I think we're watching two of the best fielding infielders of all time. And I'm, I'm going to be straight up with that. They are so good. Like they're, they're literally, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's become pretty common to just have them make the most insane plays and just be like, Oh yeah, that's Nolan Arenado. Oh yeah. That's Matt Chapman. <laughs> like, but it's like, there's, uh, sorry, I'm not I'm getting my head of myself. by talking about Arenado, but Matt Chapman, I think is one of the most overlooked players in the MLB. Part of that is the Oakland a effect. They hate the media hates talking about the A's be, be, uh, whatever reason. Um, but I mean, two gold gloves and, He's still pretty young. So, I mean, I think the hitting will end up coming to him, to Matt Chapman. Um, and not to say that the hitting hasn't been there. Like, he, he's around, you know, 240 or whatever it is, um, his career. But I just think he's probably a top three fielder in all of the MLB. So, that's what puts him at top five for me. I get if, if the offense – puts him down more but I, I just think the defense can't be overlooked yeah I agree I, I think we do value it a little differently right now um at my number four you had him earlier I got Alex Bregman uh I 
I also don't like him at all, <laughs> but I can't ignore that he has been very good. And yes, we got to point out he cheated. And I think that he should have gotten a suspension or something like the Astros. All of those should have. It's ridiculous. They didn't get that much of a punishment. But hey, the World but... Series trophy is just a piece of metal, right? <laughs> hey, Rob so Manfred, bad. if you're listening, we don't want you on the podcast. So bad. So um, I can't I just I can't get over how good he has been over the last not not last season but the two seasons before that or maybe he cheated a little bit he was so <laughs> so good like he hit 41 home runs and he's six feet tall they he's knew what like pitch was guy. coming <laughs> okay we got a we got a salty dodgers fan so he's a little no, bit no, no, more no, angry. not even dude i'm talking about like 2018 like 2019 too they yeah. still i don't know i can be salty about 2017 come on yeah, no, I agree. You should be. The Dodgers <laughs> should have won that World Series. I'd be pissed too. Uh, but oh my, like he—he's getting like a hundred RBIs those two seasons, hitting what was it, uh, forty-one and thirty-one home runs at the third base position. His defense was not as good as those other guys. Not close to as good. I'd say he's probably a bit. He's like average. So I don't think he's bad. But if you want to put the defense over him, I completely understand that. I think just offensively, the stuff that he brings, such a good power hitter, which just doesn't make sense to me with like his size. He hits for average. I value that a little bit higher, I guess. But that's why he's number four on my list. My number four is your boy, Jose Ramirez. You talk about him so much. And I mean, I'm going to let you talk about him the most, but. He's consistently an MVP candidate, an overlooked MVP candidate. Um, I mean, I don't think he's done enough to win any of them necessarily, but he's always up there. Oh, you go. He's close. He's close. He's close, but I don't. I don't think he like. I think other guys deserved it over him in each of those seasons. But, um, oh wait, where am I? I mean, yeah, he's consistently probably. Obviously, I have a number four, but he's a one of the best hitting third baseman in the league. And, you know, again, another guy that's not talked about much um, in Cleveland. That, that's part of it. Um, but I, I'm going to let you, I, I'm assuming you have him at your three. Yeah, I got him at three. Uh, he's my, he's my guy. I like him so much. He's such like a tiny little fun player to watch. He's so exciting. He's so fast and he can hit with power. He basically just does everything. I think he's a very underrated defender too. I don't think he's on the level of the other guys, but he's still very good. Um, he he led the league in runs last season, and he also batted 290 and had 17 home runs. That was in a shortened season. He just does everything. And the season before that, he was injured, so his stats were a little bit down. But three out of the last four years, he's finished top three in MVP voting. That's just consistently a top three third baseman in the league. So that's why I have him there. Um, he's won the silver slugger all three of those years too. So I think batting wise, he's probably one of the best and he's just consistently done it. And as an Indians fan, I watch him every day and he's like, every time he gets on, he, he gets up to bat. I'm always thinking that like something exciting is going to happen. And that might not mean a home run or whatever, but like, Everything he does is just fun to watch, and it, this might be a little bit of a homer pick, but you had him at four, so I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Um, and, yeah, I, he's just so fun, and he's, like, one of my favorite players. He's my favorite player on the Indians now because <laughs> got rid of another guy. Um, so, yeah, that's why I have him there. 
My number three, and I think it's disrespectful that you put him at five or whatever. I think you put him at five. Manny Machado. Now, in the past, since 2015, 35 home runs, 37 home runs, 33 home runs, 37 home runs, 37 home runs, 32 home runs, and 16 home runs in a shortened season. And then in those years, he's hitting high twos, 270, 260, 280, 290, around there. And then last year he had his, I think he was third in MVP in the NL behind Freeman and Betts. He hit 304. Um, I mean, and his defense is insane. Uh, Two-time Gold Glove Award winner, I believe. Yeah, two Gold Gloves, a Platinum Glove. If you want to value Platinum Glove, it's not really an official thing, but he got it. He's a Silver Slugger, um, and he's just consistently been one of the best hitters in baseball, and then one of the best defenders in baseball and i i hate saying this because i hate i don't like him now don't get me wrong i was hyped when the dodgers traded for him i was like oh he's our guy let's go and then that one game where he didn't run it all the way out to first and it was like you little then he went and signed with the padres um so you know have fun being there but i just think the combination of defense and offense and the consistency I think it's there, and I think he's a top three third baseman. Yeah, I mean I, this this top five was so hard for me. They're so, all so good. Yeah, I can't I can't really say anything was bad. So I think Manny Machado there is perfectly fine, um, and all the reasons you gave were were great. So my hey, number thanks. two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to just watch a pure hitter who just gets the job done, it's Anthony Rendon. Yeah, he's. He's so good at hitting, and I don't understand how the Angels aren't better with him and Trout on the same team. Their pitching is so terrible. It's the pitching, yeah. It's Shohei Otani's <laughs> infinity ERA. <laughs> it so it was infinity last year, so by the bad. way. Um, I hope he I hope he figures it out. Um, he's batted like consistently the last four years, like 300 or over. And 2019 yeah. was the year people point out as like just absolutely crazy stats yeah because he, he they the won the world series yeah he did that too i think people forget about that by the way yeah they forget about the nationals <laughs> winning the world series i don't because they, they the kick us out and that's that makes me cry but you know, it's all good <laughs> yeah he's finished like top 10 in mvp voting the last four years i don't think his defense is as good as the other guys but it just shows how good he is offensively he hits so many doubles he leads the league in doubles he's led it two of the last three years uh, last season, you could almost say he had a down year, and he batted 286 with a 915 yeah. OPS. So that's how good he is. He's um, he's the definition of a pure hitter. Yeah, he's um, so so good. He's not going to be flashy on defense. He's not going to be flashy in terms of really anything in his game. He just hits the ball, and I think just that in and of itself. I, I hope he gets it gets it started with the Angels. You know, I want Mike Trout to, to do something in the playoffs. Please. Um, but he, he's just so good. And he's been overlooked for so long. And I think coming to the Angels and signing that big deal helps him get more kind of attention to his name and hopefully helps his production a little bit. But we'll see. But he's just one of the best, if not best, pure hitters in baseball. And at number one, we both have him. <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Now, a lot of 
like MLB Network had Arenado, or I mean Rendon ahead of Arenado, and a lot of a lot of people do have Rendon ahead of Arenado, but I just think Nolan Arenado is one of the best defensive players in Major League Baseball history. I mean, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. seven. The last eight Gold <laughs> Glove awards. Every year he's been in the every league. year. It's like. In, at third base, when they're talking about Gold Glove, there's no discussion about it. It's just okay. It's <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Let's move on. Crazy. He's so ridiculous. And then, you know, you can't take away the fact that he hits wells. Also, but the main thing I I know I notice when I look at Arenado is the defense. Yeah. And you take away all of the defense, make him a terrible defender. He's still an insane player because of how good he is offensively too. Yeah. He's led the league in home runs three times. He, he gets like high thirties or 40 every year playing that defense. And he leads the league in RBIs getting like 110, 120. He's just, he's, he is the definition of consistency at third base so good offensively. And then probably the best defender in the league right now out of anyone and he's doing it at third base mm-hmm. and it's such a hard position. Uh, I, I think it's crazy to me that this isn't really a consensus number one pick. How good Anthony Rendon is, it kind of – I mean, that's why people think that. But the defense is so, so good. So I can't, yeah. I can't keep him out of number one. Now, this might hurt our argument a little bit, but I'm very interested to see, interested to see how he plays not in Coors Field. Yeah. Um, obviously that boosts home run numbers. We'll see. I, I don't see him taking that big of a dip. I think he's a very talented hitter and obviously the defense won't change. Um, so I, he's still the number one third baseman in my eyes and your eyes as well. But I think that's definitely something to look at next yeah. season. I'm excited to see next year for him. Yeah. So that's all we got. I, I'm glad we ended up having differences in that list. <laughs> a lot of differences. The, the, the first basemen were the same. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. Um, thanks for tuning in. This was a special Wednesday episode. Uh, we talked about the NBA All-Stars and the game and how that's going to kind of work out. Um, we gave our top 10 first baseman in the MLB and our top 10 third baseman in the MLB. Um, as always, you can follow our social medias, um, at TWOS podcast on Instagram and Twitter and at the world of sports podcast on TikTok. Uh, if you're still listening, I love you. If you're still listening, <laughs> what should they comment on our post? Let, 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 let's give them, let's give them an incentive. Uh, I'm still listening and Logan had the better picks. All right. Uh, comment. <laughs> I'm still listening and Logan had the better picks. Maybe on our Instagram <laughs> post. And if you do, we'll give you a shout out. Why not? Um, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, as always, I am your host, Diego Sandoval. And for my co-host, Logan Ring, signing off. Signing off.